0: Welcome to the Life in the Red podcast presented by the Lincoln Journal Star, your source for Husker news, analysis, and more. From
1: football in the fall to recruiting in the summer, we've got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Bassinet, Parker Gabriel, and Stephen M. Sippel. Hold on.
2: Okay, guys. Three, two, one. Welcome in. Life in the Red podcast. I'm Chris. There's Steve. There's Parker. It is 1142 a.m. On uh, Friday, April twenty second, we were going to start the thing at eleven fifteen. Then we talked each other's ears off for twenty five. minutes. so we got we we yeah we we babbled for twenty five minutes. But we're going to get going now. We'll make this a quick one for you on your Friday. Talk a little transfer portal, ba- uh, football and basketball. We'll talk a little baseball and we'll we'll get you out of here. Look, let's. Let's get right into it, right? The news of the week, I guess, in football, Casey Rogers, a surprising entrant into the portal as it careens toward 4,000 players, uh, as we'll we'll talk about. Casey Rogers into the portal, already gotten some uh, kind of eyebrow-raising offers, I guess you would say. Um, And and Nebraska also looking to the portal as it taketh away, Nebraska looking for the portal to giveth to try to replace Casey Rogers and build up some depth in that defensive line.
1: Yeah, um, I think – you know, it obviously was a surprise. Um, on Wednesday, was that when Casey Rogers went went in, into uh, the portal? Let me, let me. Sorry, I should have posed this earlier. Like, give me a one to ten. How surprising
2: is it that Casey Rogers went to the portal? Uh, this was either Monday or Tuesday.
0: I'm going to say this was um, Wednesday. <laughs>
1: Actually, I think it was Wednesday. It was either Monday or Tuesday. I <laughs> believe. It I was think it was Wednesday. It was Wednesday. <laughs> 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 it was Wednesday. Surprise,
0: high, high. So 10, scale of 1 to 10, I'm going to say 9-5 for me, 9-5. Okay.
1: Yeah, I think it was an 8. I, I, I For me, I spent, uh, just like background here, I mean, I, I spent a couple of hours with Casey Rogers uh, and wrote about it at a Lincoln Stars game. It was, I mean, it was three weeks ago plus. Um, it was right at the beginning of April, so I guess right about three weeks ago. Um, and it didn't come up at all. It was interesting spending time with him in that sort of, you know, relaxed setting away from football. I mean, I wrote in the story that seemed every bit as sort of like at home uh, around the stars as he would in the football facility. And we actually talked some about how, you know, he said like, "There's only th- there's only three scholarship guys left from his class." Now that's understandable on one hand because he's going into his fifth year in college. I mean, guys transfer, especially he was in that transition class, the first one from Scott Frost um, in 2018, but it's just him, Braxton Clark and Caleb Tanner left. So maybe there were some slight uh, tea leaves or something, but no, I, I was really surprised. I mean, at, you know, he didn't practice this spring because of a knee injury um, re-injury that he suffered against Iowa um, right at the end of the season. But uh, you know, a lot of times guys transfer because they don't like where they're at on the depth chart. And that wouldn't have been the case for Casey Rogers because he would, would have probably slotted right back into a major role uh, when he got healthy alongside Ty Robinson for, for this fall. So, yeah, so I think he, it was surprising all around.
0: Yeah, he is graduating in May. I'm, try, I'm trying to set the state set the just give the basic details for people. He's a junior will graduate in May has a starting job all but locked up. Um, I I mean, is it a position that's very thin? It, it is a very interesting, It's I find it to be a very interesting story, because you don't, you, you, you just wonder why, and it's, that's the question you won't probably know. You may never know, it actually, but, what? Yeah, why? You know, why? There, and there could be a variety of reasons.
1: I mean, a, a, a long list of There could be a variety of reasons. One of the things that we've seen, and I don't know, you know, as I said, I I spent some some time with Casey recently. So I, I should say up front, I don't know that this is a reason. I think one thing simple that we've seen, and we've talked about this, is that there is some, the NIL landscape provides some interesting wrinkles as it gets going. And a lot of times, like someone used the Someone used the uh, analogy to me recently about like cell phone subscribers, right? Like the new customer always gets the better deal than the existing customer. And that's kind of like, like NIL has that wrinkle to it to some degree where like the Mm -hmm. market keeps getting reset and reset and reset and the price keeps going up. But the guys right now who are getting the most money and the best deals by like orders of magnitude, are transfers and 2023 recruits blue chip 2023 recruits and coveted transfers and guys who are on rosters and have been on rosters are getting grandfathered into this and quite frankly i mean this is an odd way to talk in college athletics but it's just the way it is now they don't have the only way to create leverage for yourself is to be in the portal if you're if you're good, you know, now you can go in the portal and get lost. Um, but Casey Rogers, regardless of whether he did this to try to command more NIL money or, or something else or a little bit of a lot of things or whatever, like we saw very quickly with USC and Washington and Arkansas all offering him within about 24 hours. Uh, he's going to be in demand and he's going to have leverage uh, in terms of what his next move is. That, frankly, he probably didn't have as just an existing player on Nebraska. You know
0: what? That might be the why. We know this. Everybody knows this, but it's worth mentioning in this conversation. If you're a 6'4", 6'5", 290-pound lineman who, who's athletic, you're going to be in – You're pretty. he's in high demand. Like yeah. you said, USC, Arkansas, Washington out of the gate offering. I mean – and then people said to me, it's like, God, are you surprised he's getting offers? Like, no, because that's a that's a premium position. Yeah. And and he has good film. So uh, really, yeah, it could be that it, you, you laid that out pretty well.
2: Baz, what do you think? Yeah, it's, it, I think Parker nailed it. Like there's there's a reason there's probably several reasons he did this. And, and the the stuff Parker laid out is probably a big part of it. You know, it, it you're in your fifth year of college. Like he probably doesn't feel like he has a lot left to prove, you know, he's proven he could play at this level. Why not try and, and, and build some leverage for yourself? You know, he sit there and watched him. He's sit there and watch Nebraska throw the kitchen sink at O'Shawn Mathis, you know, as far as NIL and, and his opportunities and things like that. And he might be saying, well, Hey, what, what about me? What, what, you mm-hmm. know, where's that kind of stuff for me? And I'm not saying he's going to get like an O'Shawn Mathis type of deal just by going to the portal. He's probably gonna be able to get a little more than he would if he would have stayed at Nebraska, even though he had guaranteed playing time. And you know, your point's simple: he's getting getting big time offers right out of the gate. It's like he's gonna be going to you know Northeastern Tech State AM. and M. You know, like he's gonna go someplace legit, pro- probably play power conference football, play in the SEC, you play in the Pac twelve. Like he could play at a lot of different places. So yeah, I, from that. From that standpoint of it, it makes sense. But, yeah, like it's it's still a massive surprise, I think, just from a local standpoint because that was was going to play a lot no matter no matter where they put him on the defensive line.
0: Yeah. It could be so, something we – you know, these things with kids or with anybody, not just young men, there could be personal reasons, maybe
2: just once <laughs> a change. It could be as simple as that. Yeah. Um, it, well, you're talking say- about a guy that – you're talking about a guy that what played lacrosse in Syracuse, New York, and came to Nebraska. Like he's clearly not afraid of moving around and, and trying something different. No, you know, so, what's interesting you know,
0: though, what people, what people are confused by, and I understand this, usually players transfer to places to get the sit to get to a situation that he's in in Nebraska. Right. right? I mean, that's what, that's why it was eyebrow raising to me. Cause usually that's what you're looking for. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, he ha- and he had it. Now, there's the other part of the conversation, now, this is where, and I don't, we don't need to get into an intense conversation because I find that these types of thoughts in this world now often elicit very negative, I don't know, just really emotional reactions. It's interesting to me, too, that there's not a component of, I'm going to be loyal to my teammates. I mean, I, we're in a bind at Nebraska right now, guys. We don't have enough d line um, everybody knows it. We're we're not well stocked at position, and I wondered how much of that entered into the conversation. I don't like I said that seems like something that elicits very negative reactions nowadays. Um, but I it's it's still interesting too. And if I were if I were to talk to Case, I'd ask him was that was that did that was that part of your was it part of your decision making process just knowing that you're leaving behind some guys that are in a rough spot now.
1: I don't know. It's interesting. And and I I agree with you. There's a lot of, that's a, that's a very easy, you're right. It engenders a lot of strong reactions. I think the way that athletics in general have gone that, you know, if you're in the NFL and you have a, you know, you, you, you're not uh, looked down upon for looking after yourself, right. Contract situation going wherever will get you the most money. Uh, whatever's best for you and your family and that has really trickled down into amateur athletics I mean not it's hardly even just the college level at this point I mean kids transfer high schools they you know they they're, it's like it's always about the it's become I, it seems to me more and more about looking after yourself and that's I mean I don't know I, I, we like you say we don't need to have a long conversation about no it's not or otherwise worth, that. it never goes anywhere. The thing, that's what I have found. Yeah, the thing that's interesting, and we're starting to see this often um, now with the portal and the NIL era, is that there most kids when they go into Portal, that's it with the school they're leaving. You know, sometimes the, the biggest exceptions to that where you see kids come back to their original school tends to be during coaching changes, where like if if there's not a coach at your school, it's very understandable for an incoming staff that the guys on the roster might enter the portal, see what their options are, yeah. and then maybe come back and play for the next coach. That's obviously not the situation here. Twenty-two Yodi left, but you know most of the defensive staff is still in Lincoln. But the issue, one of the issues, is Nebraska. I'm sure uh, I know this. They did not want Casey Rogers to leave. Um, they wanted to find a way and they tried to, you know, make it work. And he decided to to enter his name in the portal anyways. Now Nebraska is in a little bit of a bind, if you want to look at it from the coaching staff standpoint. As much as they would probably like Casey Rogers to play for them this fall, you also can't set a precedent necessarily where anybody on the team just feels like they can enter the portal try to drum up some leverage and come back. Right. Like you almost I, have to I, be.
0: I think now we had that conversation the other day and I asked some other people about that Parker and they said, why not? Why can't, why can't we had that conversation and I agreed with you and I still tend to, but there is an element of why, why, why can't he, why can't
1: players do that? Well, I mean, you would essentially be inviting anybody on the roster to, Hey, you don't like what you're getting? Just enter the portal, and then we'll negotiate. With we'll you. test it, see what
0: you can get, and maybe you don't get much, and you're then you then they're welcome to come back. Right? What if? I mean,
1: okay, and then it's like if you do get something, then now you're gone. Yeah, or you got a match. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, it's going to happen. Like it's going to happen. I don't.
0: Yeah, I think they would now, Parker. This is what I would suggest to you. I would think they would take Casey Rogers back. Oh, I think they will too. I think they will. I think they would to. too. Yeah. If 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 that's where it comes down to, where he tests it, doesn't doesn't get what he wanted, and says, "Hey, I I'm willing to come back, but I we would need to work out a deal." I I, I don't know. I don't know. I I sort of agree with you that you don't want to get in that habit, but I'm I'm open to, I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of like, well, why, why can't that be a common? Practice?
1: Well, I think, I think uh, to be to be, just to be clear, I think they would take him back. I mean, I think if this goes a couple weeks and maybe they add, we'll talk about another visitor they have coming this weekend, maybe they add one guy. I mean, they were going to try to add multiple to the defensive line even before Casey Rogers left. So yeah, no, I think, I think at the end of the day, they would take him back and they probably, you know, NIL wise or whatever, um, you know, there's probably more out there for Casey Rogers, whether it's here or somewhere else, but I just, they're in a tricky spot. It's not like they can talk about this stuff publicly anyways, but they they're can. in a tricky spot because they have to post. I think they feel like they have to posture as if it doesn't matter who you are. If you enter the portal, you're, we're considering you gone, Yeah. Um, hmm. And then, the, and then try to walk the line of like, well, is this someone who we feel strong about taking back? I mean, Felderius Payne went in the portal, and they got him back, right? Then Spring Ball started; he went in the portal again, right? So I, I know, you know, I,
0: I just think I can see a path to where it could be fluid for just about anybody. Now it would take a lot. Now that it seems like it would take a lot of, it, it might take man hours to deal with that. Just pure, you know, it's a lot for a coach head coach to deal with. Um,
1: Yeah. I could be, I'd say that would be a headache if you approached that way. If Casey Rogers went in the portal, looked around, collected the offers that NIL collectives out there were talking to him about brought Mm -hmm. them back to Nebraska and said, can you match or beat this? And they did. Mm-hmm. and it, let's just say it was twice or four times yeah. or whatever it yeah. is, wouldn't 12 more guys just do the exact same thing? Yeah, absolutely. Perhaps. But now I, I'm asking you now, well, okay,
0: what if 12 more guys do it? I mean, what, is that an awful thing?
1: Well, no, not from the player perspective, but it puts your roster in a heck of a lot of limbo. It does, but it's it's the time of year where you could do it. Um,
0: the rosters in complete limbo. I was just saying to somebody the other day on a radio show, I'm almost to the point now where I'm not gonna pay a lot of attention to rosters in the offseason. I just want to see so who like trots August. out there. Yeah. Yeah, I want to see who trots out there for game one. It's almost like a pickup basketball situation. Okay, okay, there's the team. This this is today, this is the team. I don't know. Next week, if it's going to be this, but
2: today, this is the team.
0: And well, yeah, I, it feels like we're almost getting
2: to that point. Yeah, that's the direction I mean. it seems like it's going for sure. There's
0: four. There's going to be four thousand players in the transfer portal in FBS. I mean, just in football, just in football. Yeah, I I don't know, Parker. I'm more open than ever to the idea of guys just go in, see what you can get. Maybe you can. Maybe you can't. And then then the head coach. Or the GM um A D, whatever says, I you know it's trending toward I feel like we're in a GM situation. Okay, well, well, we'll negotiate or we won't. Right. Um, and that's it. That it doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't have to be a horrendous
2: headache. I don't think yeah. I don't think right? anybody here's saying it's bad or anything. It's just, no, it's, I'm just not. An, it's, it's just an issue that's gonna come up.
1: And like, yeah. you know, it's yeah, I don't it's, think it's, it's bad. I, I bad think if you're it's a coach. Sense. I mean, it's bad, bad from if you're a coach's a coach. perspective. Yeah. But um they get a lot I paid a lot guess. of money to handle these situations.
0: Well, but is it bad if you just adjust to it? If it that just becomes a way of life. Sure. Yeah,
1: yeah, right.
0: Yeah. It's a just a big adjustment. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I do think if Casey is testing and wants to come back, they would, I think they would
2: have to take him back.
1: Yeah. So, so do I. Uh, that's yeah, yeah. At the end of the day. And and he, yeah, they
2: have to, cause they don't have the guys to replace him. Like yeah, Casey has the leverage in, in more than one way
1: here. Exactly. Uh, and that's the thing. I mean, you're, you're speculating uh, on what Casey's thinking to some degree, but at right. the same time, like you can look at the roster and see why he would think he has a lot of leverage. Yeah. 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 Oh, he does have, it's not like he's piled. He's
0: not like he's amassed great statistics. I, I I disagree with a little bit what you said, Baz. When you said Casey Rogers has proved everything, he's only has one start and two sacks. I mean, he hasn't. He's proved he can play at this level. But That's what I meant. Yeah, to, he's proven yeah. he's play. He can play at the power five level. Yeah, yeah. I think he has a lot more to prove. Um, but yeah, he, it looks like he'll probably be doing it elsewhere.
1: Speaking of guys who have proven they can play at the power five level, but have perhaps more to prove Nebraska is hosting a transfer portal defensive lineman uh, this weekend on a visit. Devin drew uh, has played the last two years of Texas tech. He's played in all 23 games uh, that the red Raiders have played like Casey Rogers. Uh, he's been uh, a regular, but mo- a role player to some degree he's got 55 tackles over the last two years. Um, one tackle for loss. I think, uh, he's 6'2 and 280. He's from around here, actually. He's, he's a Kansas City guy uh, who played at Iowa Western before he went to Texas Tech. So uh, no rest on the roster turnover front like we were talking about Pick up, pickup rosters. Uh, Devin drew in town this weekend for a visit. Obviously, Nebraska um, feels like it's still in the mix with Ashawn Mathis. Mathis visiting Texas this weekend uh, said relatively recently that he's going to decide at the end of April. Uh, so that... I mean, don't know for sure. That feels like a Longhorns versus Huskers uh, situation for his services. So that's two that we know of. I mean, categorically with with uh, Sean Mathis and Devin Drew in terms of defensive line candidates in the portal for Nebraska. There's actually been a bunch that have have entered the portal in recent days. Um, and there, as we were talking about with the May one deadline, I mean, there, there's. I just honestly think there's going to be a giant bum rush to the portal this coming okay. week.
0: I you guys have a good handle. I maybe a better handle than me. I was just looking at Mark Schleyball's way too early top 25 last night and I would say to Nebraska fans if you think this is this Nebraska discussion is somehow unique, it's it's not even close to unique. Look at Michigan State, but well, we all know about that story last year, right? They added what 20 plus players from the portal and they got contributions from several several critical contributions. Look at Michigan state. Again, look at across the, the look at across college football. If you read Schley capsules of these top 25 teams, most of it is they've this team has added seven guys who they figure will start Michigan state. Once again, if you read, if you look at what they're doing right now, they have six or seven guys from the portal who will probably be starting for them again. I mean, it's, it, Way too early top 25s have taken on new meaning. I mean, it's really interesting. You really got to do your homework. Schlebaugh, by the way, did a great job of injecting the portal uh, transitions into the equation. And it is really striking to read it because every, virtually every team not named Iowa in the top 25 has its significant portal activity. It's, it's amazing, really. That's sorry, I went down a rabbit hole there.
1: But, yeah, uh, no, that's uh, fine. You, I mean, what just call up a,
0: and have it. him come
2: on the podcast, Sip. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the Mark Slayball the, podcast.
0: Yeah, it was good, though. He it, yeah. it is amazing. Like what Lincoln Riley did at USC, what Brent Venables did at Oklahoma. Oklahoma's roster was decimated when Lincoln Riley left. Venables re fortified it really well with the transfer corps. Like Yeah, they went from a team. It was sh- like, yeah. Yeah, they, 11 like and while, two. they were going to be
2: a disaster. And now they're like, oh, OK.
0: No, they brought in dudes, you know, yeah. I mean, Dylan Gabriel is the main one, the quarterback. But but they they brought in a corner from Wyoming. They got a running back out of the portal. Bunch of guys. And now they're, you know, probably a top 15 type team. Yeah.
2: Speaking yeah. of portal, should we talk a little basketball portaling? Do it. Yes.
1: Portal. It's just tra- it's transfer portal Friday on the Life yeah. in the Red podcast.
2: The. uh <laughs> The Nebraska men's basketball program coached by Fred Hoiberg dipped into the transfer portal yesterday, picked up a transfer forward from Alabama, Jawan Gary, 6'6", 220, kind of a an uber-athletic, bouncy, hard-playing type, uh, looks like a guy that's going to come in and, and play a bunch right away. Um started 16 games for an Alabama team that was at one point ranked in the top 10 during the season. And and I didn't, ended up losing to Notre Dame in the NCAA tournament early on, but uh, kind of a piece Nebraska really needed. They needed an athletic wing uh, that could defend um, the shooting is a question mark, but they're not bringing him in because they want him to shoot. They, they need a guy with length who can defend, who can run the floor, who can do all those sorts of things. So an interesting pickup for Nebraska. It maybe kind of gives you a hint about what Lat Mayen is, is probably going to do at some point here. because Adden Gray – or, excuse me, Adden Gary puts them one over the 13 scholarship limit. Uh, you've got to be down to 13, I think, by the beginning of June, and we're still waiting on decisions from uh, Lat Mayen and Trey McGowan. So it probably gives you an idea of the direction things are going with Lat, uh, even though he hasn't officially announced it yet. So, yeah, an interesting pickup, a guy that – that has a lot of confidence. If you read the quotes out there talking about the big 10 hasn't seen anything like me and, and this and that, and the other thing he, he doesn't lack for confidence and he sounds like a guy with a really high motor. So I think it's, it's an intriguing pickup for Nebraska, even though it's kind of remains to be seen how he's going to fit into, into everything. It's,
0: it's really intriguing for, for Fred Hoiberg to recruit a player who now he shoots 51% from the field overall. That's good. That's excellent. Um, he shoots 22% from the three point strike, or at least he yeah. did last year. Nine so, yeah, 41. A,
2: yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a different kind of. I think what I think Fred Hoiberg is trending toward a different approach. Yeah. When, as you were there the other day when he talked about having Blaze Keita, six foot ten, six foot 11 Blaze Keita yep. on the floor with Derek Walker um, simultaneously. Okay. Now the picture, now, 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 when you bring in this player, I don't, I don't, I don't think you could have those three on the floor together in Fred's current system, right? Not enough shooting. Yeah, with oh, those three, right? I mean, Fred uh, but, wants four shooters out there generally, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, but it, it, you're right. Like, it signals a change, right? Like this is a, this is a Big Ten, like a traditional Big Ten type body they're bringing in, big, strong, physical. You know, maybe not going to shoot it, but he's going to battle it uh, like crazy on defense, and and they'll they'll get him slash into the bucket, cut into the bucket. He can clean up around the glass a little bit. Like it, it kind of signals a change in the type of player Nebraska is looking for um, this offseason. you can even say the same about Sam Greasel a little bit. Uh, a bigger yeah. guard, you know, six six is physical, can post up, can take other guards down in the paint and score over them. It's 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 not going to look the same, and that's not to say that Fred Horberg is not going to try and play fast and spread the floor at times and things like that. But it's going to look different uh, for sure. It's 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 going to be a, a different style than what we've seen. Like you said, with with the five hour or, or the four around one or whatever you want to call it, it's it's going to look different. There's probably going to be you know two bigs on the floor. There's, they're going to be able to put really big lineups out there at times if mm-hmm. they want to to counter you know Purdue or Illinois because Greasel
0: is what. He's 6'6", 6'5", 6'6". Lloyd is what?
2: About 6'4", six, 6'5", six, yeah. in there. Yeah. so you know, the name, big guys. Talking, yeah. He is yeah. 6'10". Denim Dawson, 6'5". You know, Derek Walker, 6'8". C.J. Welch all of a sudden, is one of your shorter guys, you know, 6'2", 6'3", you know. <laughs> Excuse me. So, it's, it's almost like football a little bit. Nebraska's getting bigger. They're getting longer. Now. Does that translate? We'll see. You're talking about a team that's won 24 games the last three years in the Big Ten, so they got a long way to go. But it kind of signals to you that you know these changes we've heard about uh, with Fred Hoiberg coming back, this is this is clearly a big part of it. They're going to look different, very different from a physical standpoint, I think, next year. They're going to look different in the way they play defense next year with Adam Howard come on as, a, as an assistant coach. And to run the system that Adam Howard wants to run, you need length and you need athleticism. You're going to be playing matchup zone and those sorts of things. You need guys like Jawan Gary. So, yeah, a guy that I think is going to come in and play a lot of minutes for Nebraska right it, away. It and begs the, it.
0: what people when they listen to you, <laughs> people are going to say. Well, especially, you know, I mean, I can be an asshole. Um, the no. uh, what? Look <laughs> at <laughs> well, I the mean, shot. I would say, if I was really just dead honest with Fred. I'd say Fred, and I, maybe he's listening. It'd be wonderfully it if he is. I mean, did you, did, you, did, did you drop out of this outer space and land in America and say, oh, this Big Ten, very interesting, big conference, a lot of bigs, uh, play tough defense. I don't know if I could win with you know, just a bunch of shooters. You know? I don't know if I'm just going to be able to outscore everybody and play a six-foot-eight center. Uh, I don't. I don't. Why did it take three years? Is my case. sounds a lot
1: like the football conversation. It about sure does.
0: 10. Now Frost, to his credit, in Indy, Baz was there last year, where he virtually acknowledged it. Yeah, like yeah, right. it's been a tough. We've 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 had a tough time adjusting to the Big Ten. We've had to make some adjustments. And yeah, I'd say the same thing. Well, <laughs> what were you not aware of the Big Ten? I mean, is this something you just didn't? Is this just dawning on you now? I mean, it's most people understood the way the Big Ten operates.
2: You, you, make, you make an excellent argument, Seth. And I, and I agree with you, but I'll also point to Michigan State who played a 6'8 center all year and, and has generally not had a huge guy in the middle and plays with pace and tempo. Now, they don't shoot it great. They, 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 they're not a right. – you know, Michigan State is a three-point shooting team, but that's traditionally been a team at the top of the league that has played – you know, they don't have a seven. They play tempo, middle. for sure. They play tempo, for sure. And they play tough. I mean, let's get down and They they rebound the hell out of it and play yeah. defense too. That's yeah. the thing. So the, the gist of it is that Michigan State plays tough. They play a little different style, but they play mm. tough. And, and <laughs> excuse me, goodness. You couldn't always say that about Nebraska. It was more of a it was more of a, a finesse style. You want to shoot over the top of you. Those sorts of things. And, and, and I think what this signals, you know, you can still play that way with a shorter with a with a "Quote unquote" smaller roster, but you better be real darn tough if you're going to do it. And, and Michigan State is really darn tough, really darn physical. Okay, so this is kind of dangerous.
0: Yeah, I would counter that the Michigan State comparison with does, did Fred Weber emphasize
2: defense? And I would say no, 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 no he didn't. That's not yeah. his deal. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like if you're going to play like that, you have to be really, really tough. You have to, you have to defend. You have to rebound. You have to get second chance points those are things Nebraska has not done at a consistent enough level uh, in Fred's three years. So it's going to be, I'm interested to talk to Fred, you know, when we get closer to the season, see if he says something similar to what Scott Frost said about we, we, you know, we, we thought we could make our style work and it hasn't now we're we're making changes. You know, what's, what's the toughness component of it going to look like when it, when it comes time for that. So yeah, it's adding a guy like Jawan Gary's a, a fascinating act and it's it is it, it, it signals, I think, a change in direction for Nebraska going to try and go. Oh, yeah. Just for the record, I like <laughs> it, the way this is trending. I just think it should have happened
0: sooner. Yeah, I like yeah. it. I, I like the addition of Greasel. I like this this uh, addition, the kid from Alabama. It all makes sense to me when you were there, when Fred talked about having Blaze Keita and Derek Walker on the floor at the same time, it really piqued my interest. I thought that's OK. When he yeah. said it, I immediately thought, okay, this is a good sign because this, this is what the Big Ten is.
1: Yeah.
0: And Walker yeah. can play. Walker yeah. can play. And, but, I, but I've always said to you, Baz, I don't think he's a center. I think he's a power forward. Yeah. And now that's what you're looking at. I, I don't yeah. think he was a center. Played yeah. it pretty well. Numbers were great. But
2: he's better off at a power forward spot. I, you kind of – you look at the roster, you can kind of see it right? Like C.J. Walters got some toughness to him and is going to play hard and he can shoot it. You know, you look at some of the guards, like if Trey McGowan decides to come back, for example, tough, physical, you know, you look at Karan McPherson, who redshirted last year, kid tough. out of New York city, tough, you know, Raymel Lloyd coming in this freshman class, tough, played in a high level, you know, prep program The the toughness level, I think is going to go up uh, yep. quite a bit. With this team. And that's you know what? That's a pretty good place that's to start. True. They may they may not shoot it as well. But if you're tougher and you and you can defend a little better, mm-hmm. they're gonna give yourself a lot more chances than maybe you have in the past. Now look, again, we're gonna have to see what this all looks like when you know November gets here. But yeah, and if people think we're
0: being where I'm being unreasonable, they're nine and fifty in the Big Ten. Okay. They're they're I mean they're nine and fifty.
1: Yeah. And that –
0: and if I died and came back on Earth as a coach, I would hope to God my record—my record is never nine and fifty. Because what you learn is that people just pick you apart, and you have no recourse. There's a, a coach that's nine and fifty can't—he's almost he can't defend himself, um, and that's creates
2: ugly podcasts sometimes. <laughs> no, it's yeah, you're right. It, it look it's and. April. There, there could be some more activity. Like I said, we're still waiting on decisions from Lat Man and Trey McGowan's. The addition of Jalon Gary tells you one of those two is probably gone and it's probably Latt um, who's probably going to move on to a professional career overseas somewhere, perhaps back at home in Australia. The big one now is Trey McGowan. If he decides to come back, now all of a sudden you've got a full roster and you've got a, a few guys, several guys who, who played big minutes for it last year. If he leaves, now what do you go get? You try and find another guard. You try and find a scoring link you know, do you try and find another point guard type player? So still some questions to be answered with Trey McGowan's decision. I'm sure they'd rather get that figured out sooner rather than later. So it's still, still some things to watch for Nebraska basketball, but at the same time, it's been a pretty quiet off season uh, compared to what it's been, you know, the last three years, you, you replace one assistant coach. Um, you've brought in two players from the portal. You've had some guys transfer out uh, most notably Eduardo Andre. but other than that, guys that didn't really play a whole lot for a pretty, pretty standard attrition is what you'd see, you know, in most programs. So this isn't going to be a, a complete and total roster reset by any means. Um, they're, they're going to have some continuity. And if you get Tram McGowan's back, you're going to have a certain level of toughness that maybe you haven't had uh, in the past. So interesting to watch. Yes.
0: All right. Um, what else is going on in the world? Baseball, little Husker
2: baseball. How about the oh, volleyball that? spring
1: match on Saturday in Grand Island? <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's right. Diplo, you got any thoughts on that? No?
0: Oh. Okay. Um, Caitlin Hoard is a thought I have. I'd like to see how that component looks. Yeah. Is it, did I, I say right. the name right? Huard? Huard?
2: What? Hoard? Hoard. Hoard. Yeah, Hoard. it's not like Brock Heward.
1: Caitlin no, Huard, the, the sister of Heward. quarterback Brock Hoard <laughs>
0: Uh, Yeah. And, and, you know, they're not, you're going to have a new setter. Yep. Yeah. So actually that would be, that is interesting. Nebraska baseball
2: meantime goes to Indiana. Yeah. Uh, Will Bolt with, with one of the quotes of the year so far, he literally said, we're playing for our lives in every way. They have 15 big 10 tournament, 15 big 10 games left. And Will Bolt's pulling out that we're playing for our lives in every way right now. And what he means by that is, they're not getting an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament. Uh, they've lost 21 games. The RPI is down to 180s right now. They're not getting an at-large bid. They've got to win the Big Ten tournament. And to win the Big Ten tournament, you have to qualify for the Big Ten tournament. Uh, the top eight teams in the league go. Nebraska currently tied for sixth right now uh, with Northwestern. They're four and five in the league. But you start looking at the numbers. Nebraska's two games out of fourth and three games out of third. They're not far away from being you know, a top three or four team in this league. And they're also not far away from being at the basement either. Minnesota's one and eight in the league, and they're two games out of the top eight right now. It's just – it's been a – if we're going to be frank about it, it's been a bad year for the Big Ten. It's a bad conference this year. They're 10th in the RPI. Mm. You've got got Rutgers who's having a great year, and all credit to Rutgers. You know, they're a top 30 RPI team. They're the only top 30 RPI team in the league right now, Rutgers. Um, Maryland's good. I don't know how great they are. They're good. Outside of that, three through 13, it could end up anywhere right now. And so Nebraska's playing for their lives. Yes. They're also going to play, be playing teams that they can beat every single weekend, or that could beat them every single weekend. And it starts with Indiana this weekend. Indiana's only two and seven in the conference. And you think of the way Indiana's played in the Big Ten the last 10 years, whatever, whatever you want to look at. They've been a power in the league, but they've had to replace some key guys. They're really struggling. You know, this is a this is a chance for Nebraska to maybe kind of do what they did at Ohio state, you know, go up and, and build, you would hope build a little momentum uh, and, and kind of kick off the second half of your season on, on the right foot here. But Nebraska is going to have some opportunities to, to, to maybe make something happen. Here. One, one big 10 team in the top 30 of the RPI. Yeah. You, you, you go, I'm going to pull up the numbers here. Cause so I want to make sure I have them right. Um, yeah. Nebraska, or excuse me, the big Ten's RPI big 10 is generally a top, you know, I don't know, six, seven, eight RPI team nationally, but you look at them this year, here's who the, here's who the, who's here's who the big tens behind in the RPI right now, SEC, ACC, big 12 Pac 12, of course, West coast conference, Missouri Valley conference, Sunbelt conference, conference, USA, American athletic conference. Those are, those are conferences the big Ten is behind right now uh, in the RPI and Again, yeah, you, you look at the numbers, and it's just – it's been a bad year for the league. It's it, it's it's just a – it's fascinating to look at. The teams that you consider powers just have not been great. Yeah, Rutgers is currently <coughs> – oh, excuse me. I had it wrong. Maryland's 24th in the RPI. There's your top okay. RPI. Team. Okay. Rutgers
1: is 49th. That's the next –
2: Rutgers is thirty-one and seven, 11 and one in the Big Ten, and they're 49th in the RPI.
1: Like winning games in the Big Ten just does you almost no good RPI-wise. Almost hurts that. you more than it helps you. Yeah. You're, you're, <laughs> oh God. Yeah, yeah, now, do mean, I'm do we have to push? Do we have to play this weekend? About <laughs> our
2: RPI? Yeah. Can we skip? There are there are we four this one teams. out? <laughs> yeah. There are four Big Ten teams in the top seventy of the RPI right now, and you generally want to be in the top. 45 to 60 to feel pretty good about an, an at-large bid. So there's exactly two teams right now who probably feel good about an at-large bid out of 13 uh, in the Big Ten. So then you go down towards the bottom. Nebraska is 182. Mid- Indiana is 129. Purdue's 140. You know, Northwestern, 127. You've got, what, eight teams with an RPI outside the top 100 right now, outside the top 120 right now. It's just, it's not good. Iowa's 75th, and they're fourth in the conference. You know, it's it's just there's not there's not a lot of quality wins out there. Uh, so for Nebraska, you've got to win enough to get into the Big Ten tournament. When you get there, you got to make a run because that's your only shot of the postseason right now. Yeah,
0: yeah, it doesn't help you to play necessarily. Like, you could have a coach that says, I, you know what, Coach? I don't know what the hell happened. Our sprinklers just came
2: on, and we couldn't turn them yeah, off. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> we've got eight inches of water on the field. We can't. Plug. I don't know what to tell you. We yeah, we can't. can't turn them off. What did you <laughs> unplug it? No, we can't unplug. We gotta let them run.
1: I heard a I heard a really disturbing rumor that your charter plane here this weekend has mechanical issues. I don't think you should get on the plane. And yeah, I wouldn't that. get on that plane. I had a vision. I wouldn't. Yeah, my friends have had a vision. I had a vision. My friend's a pilot. He says, "Don't do it."
2: Yeah. You ever heard of Leonard Skinnerd? You know how? You know what happened to Leonard <laughs> Skinnerd, Coach? Don't don't get on that plane. Don't do it. Don't get on that plane. That's all. are supposed to rain
1: next week. I think maybe we should just look forward. Anyway,
2: say, the point is, the Big Ten stinks this year. And Nebraska's got to win as many of the games as they have left to get to the Big Ten tournament. That's what it comes down to. So, Indiana this weekend, so that is that's just a standard Friday, Saturday. That's, Sunday. that's at Bart Kaufman Field, six p.m. tonight. First pitch, then single game Saturday, single game Sunday. Let's uh, let's pull up the schedule here. Actually, let's let's schedule well. The schedule well, yeah. They're at Indiana this weekend. A little midweeker with Kansas State on Tuesday in Lincoln. Then you get Iowa at home. Iowa, Iowa, and Illinois are the best two teams left on Nebraska's schedule right now. You play Minnesota, who's terrible, and you play Michigan State, who barely even realizes they have a baseball program. Wow, Bass, easy, easy. They got lights on their field like four years ago. Like, it, it's ridiculous. But, look, Nebraska, it's going to be – I wouldn't be surprised to see Nebraska rip off like an 8-2 and stretch here and get right back in it and start feeling pretty good. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised be- by that, actually.
0: But I get <laughs> – I understand where you're coming.
2: I'm, yes. I mean, it would be surprising at the same time. Concerned who they're playing, maybe it wouldn't be a huge surprise. They still got to go out and do it, but wow. So yeah, that was a podcast. Go. That was a podcast. A podcast. Thanks that guys. Pod- that was uh, that was what? That was 40 minutes. Yeah. About. Yeah. That's more than we thought we were going to give you. So you're welcome. We, we keep expectations low. Then we over deliver. That's how we're we like things at the journal star. So you're welcome for that. We will have more for you guys next week. And until then, we'll talk to you soon.